Welcome to this podcast from Central, Jesus at the Heart. More information is available from www.jesusattheheart.org. It's great to have you here today. We'd love you to stick around as long as you can afterwards. Um, maybe if you're sitting beside and you're sitting on your own, you might want to just shuffle up to somebody. It's nice to just be together today. I might even get you chatting together later. We'll see. Um, my name's Thomas, um, and it's actually my privilege to be here with you this morning. Isn't it just great to worship together? Isn't it just awesome to hear the stories of what God is doing through guys like Brian and Vicky? The, the cool thing is just that that's just the tip of the iceberg, hearing a little bit about them. And uh, I know that there's so many other stories like that going on inside our church community and family, and I love it. Um, I'm going to read to you. Um, Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. And by faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. So if you've never heard the story of Noah before, and maybe some of you haven't, um, Noah was this guy who built this massive boat in the middle of the desert. He was nuts. And um, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, I'm going to speak for a little bit, um, and maybe you'll be glad to know that I won't speak for the whole time. We're going to invite um, a really special guest, and we're going to chat with her for a little bit, and then... I'm going to come back and speak a little bit more, just because some of you like to know what's going on. That's what's going on. Um, but before we go any further, a quick history lesson. Um, some things you might have known here, some things you may have not known before, so I hope this will be insightful. Um, Mel Gibson is not actually William Wallace. Different people. <laughs> Helen Mirren, not actually the Queen. Sorry to break that one to you. Um, and Russell Crowe, great actor, he's not actually Noah, and what happened in the film isn't actually what happened. The Transformers weren't actually kicking about then, even though they look pretty good. Um, Noah was a man at the center of the story of God's people, and he was a real man of faith, an incredible man of faith. Carl and Kirsty shared a little bit about this as we kicked off our new series called We Could Be Heroes um, last week, and, and they, they said that this is what faith is. Um, we've heard a bit about that already. Carl said that faith is taking God at his word. Faith is trusting God in his power to show up. And faith is putting the weight of your life on the belief of your heart. I love that. I'll read that again. Faith is putting the weight of your life on the belief of your heart. Basically, faith is putting your money where your mouth is. And we're talking about Heroes of the Faith, um, this series. Last week, some people even dressed up. That was really cool. Congratulations to you if you're one of those people. Um, growing up, for me, there was fierce competition between who my favorite superhero was. Is it behind me? Um, it was a, a complete straight shootout between Super Ted on the left and Banana Man on the right. Give me a little wave if you remember Banana Man. Yeah, I think he probably takes the cake. Um, I'm probably showing my age here. I'm 30 next year. Isn't that... But not like right at the end of next year, so it's fine. Um, but we're going to be looking at this series called The Heroes of the Faith. 
And actually, it's true, isn't it? The world still loves a hero. The world still loves a hero. And as cheesy as it sounds, I want to be really clear right from the beginning of this talk that Jesus is our ultimate hero. Jesus is amazing. Um, He's the one who changed the game. And in hero terms, in hero speak, all of our comic strips fit into his yearly annual. All of the significance that we have in our lives is part of his story. All of the power that we have, whether it's swinging from skyscrapers or whether it's healing the sick or whether it's leading people into new life, that's his power. Jesus is our hero and and it starts with him and it ends with him. But the world still needs heroes. That's why Jesus sent out the disciples into all the world to make disciples because God is not finished with this world yet. God is not finished with this world yet. God is desperate to see the world restored to the peaceful and the beautiful way that it was originally intended to be. He's looking for people, guys like us, ordinary people like us, his church, to be the agents of change in this world. Old Testament heroes, they won physical battles and they conquered new territory. We don't necessarily have to do that today, but there is a huge spiritual battle going on for people's souls, for cities, for nations, for cultures that we live and breathe in. And that's where we come into the story. We talk a lot about dreams and visions here at Central, and I'm glad we do. Barely a week will go by where we we don't ask something like, what is God saying to you? What is he placing in your heart? Because it's a big deal to us that we hear the voice of God and we follow him as he leads us out into transforming the world. So it's really important that we get this from, from from the off, that God is wanting to speak to us today about his design, about his plan, about what he's placing on our heart for that kingdom, that transformation plan that he's got for the world. And And actually, God doesn't just give us dreams and plans and design us in a certain way just so we can have a nice hobby at the weekend, just so we can do something to kind of fill the time in between the awful job that we have. Actually, we were made for more than that. I don't know if you believe that this morning. We were made for more than that. You were created to be a ruler in the kingdom of God, that God has trusted us with his kingdom And hopefully we really enjoy the things that God calls us to do. Um, There was that runner, Eric Little, who said that he felt the pleasure of God when he ran. And that is amazing. But I think it's also more than just about our satisfaction and our enjoyment in the way that God has made us. Because we are given gifts, and we're given dreams, and we're given visions. And we're given them for the blessing of the world around us. It's about what happens out there and about how we are used in this city of Edinburgh and further afield to take part in the the kingdom plan of God because we are his agents of change. We are his heroes. Take a look around you, just quickly. Yep. (laughs) That's who God's working with. (laughs) Depending on how you feel this morning, that might be encouraging. (laughs) Or not so much. (laughs) And I'll say it again, though. We are gifted for a reason. We are gifted... And we are gifts so that we can become gifts to the world around us. And I wonder this morning where you want to consider if you you found your sweet spot to become the gift that this world needs, 
to serve the community that you're in. And, and maybe it's a familiar way of thinking, maybe it's a new way of thinking, but whether you're a teacher, you're a designer, you're a builder, you're an administrator, you're at home, we are all creating cultures. We're all creating order and beauty with atoms and particles and rulers and staplers and spreadsheets and everything that we're given. And that's a huge part of God's plan for us, that who we talk about as well, that what we say, it shapes and it contributes to the world that we live in, what it looks like. Everything that we do matters in creating, in taking part in partnering with God in his recreation of this world. So the physical, what we see around us, is totally connected to the spiritual world of faith. So when we create things that carry meaning and represent truth, we are taking part in the mission plan of God. God's plan for the world is to have people and life and creation turn back towards him, pointed back towards him. Isn't that cool? I think it's really cool. We get to partner with God. We get to partner with God. And, and when that stuff goes badly, when people are not looking for kingdom values, the kingdom loses ground. So we are warriors. We are soldiers in this battle, this spiritual war that is going on. And he's given us everything that we need to create kingdom cultures, to lead people to Jesus. So that's just a little bit of an introduction. God is not finished with our world yet. Actually, he wants us to be involved in the recreation of his world. And we've been commissioned to make a difference. Um, and it's now my complete privilege to welcome um, a really special friend of ours at the church, um, a friend called Jeeva, who is from India. And she's one of the leaders of OM. So if you've been around here um, for any number of time, oh, wait a minute, I'm going to give you, we're going to give you a round of applause. <laughs> Um, I'll just give you an introduction. Um, OM is one of our key partners in World Mission, who do some just incredible things in freeing people um, from physical um, bondage and also just social stuff that's going on there, um, where we've got the Dalit Freedom Network that they work with in terms of actually just leading people to Jesus over in India. And um, Jeeva's an amazing woman. We'd love to give her a really special central welcome as she comes to share a little bit about her story. <laughs> so, second interview of the day. Um, it's really, really awesome to have you with us today, isn't it? Yeah, we're really excited and yeah. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. A special blessing to me to be here, especially because I know that uh, I am amidst uh, a congregation that loves people in my country. So thank you for your very warm welcome. Oh, it's an absolute privilege to have you. Um, would you just love to tell us a little bit about what you do? Maybe some people here have never heard of OM even, and maybe just on the journey that God's um, had you on in, in your life and, and your ministry. Yeah. Yeah. I come from a country uh, that has a population of 1.25 billion people and uh, um, of course we have uh, you know a booming economy and you must have heard of all of that and um, but yet poverty is still a huge part of our country and um, you know we work amidst the outcasts of our country you know on one side we have India that is shining on the other side which is mostly hidden we have the India 
with its huge numbers of uh, people involved in modern day slavery. Uh, so there are two sides to India. And um, in OM, we are called to preach the gospel. And along with that, we are given the mandate to stand up uh, for the rights of those who are being oppressed and uh, to be a voice for the voiceless. And that's how we got involved in freeing the Dalits of our country, the Dalits who are the outcasts. And uh, so we basically work for their upliftment and their empowerment. Amazing. And so you've been involved in projects in Bangalore. Maybe you could say a little bit about what that was and, and what happened there, and maybe even a bit about what's going on in, in Hyderabad in the last couple of years as well. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I basically uh, lead the anti-human trafficking department of OM India in uh, uh, Hyderabad, based in Hyderabad. And so I started off uh, working in a project in Bangalore where we offered vocational training skills to women who were most vulnerable to being, uh, to being trafficked. And so by giving these skills to the women, uh, we found that it was one of the best strategies um, we've used to, you know, uh, to get them out of poverty, to safeguard them from abuse, and also for gender equality. And we've seen uh, you know, women come through uh, you know, from very difficult backgrounds and then experiencing freedom and, you know, um, a life of hope and dignity. Mm -hmm. And thereafter, I moved to Hyderabad, and now uh, we main, uh, work amidst a people group called the Joganis. The Joganis are uh, young girls who are actually dedicated uh, to a temple goddess, and, um, and thereafter they become the property of the local community, basically used by the men to satisfy their lustful needs. And this practice has been outlawed in 1988, but it still continues. There are about 80,000 Joganis just in the state that I work. So we are working with the police, the law enforcement, and uh, the government uh, to free these women and to dismantle this heinous practice in our country. So really important, powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got a big team of people working alongside you. Yes, as I was sharing with you earlier, uh, I mean, it's just amazing to be part of what God's doing. Uh, and it sounds big and huge, but God's given us some of the most amazing people all over the world to come yeah. join hands with us and be a part of what we are doing. So we've got lawyers on our team. We have connections with the police and the government officials, and we have partners coming and helping us, you know, with our day-to-day -day administrative work. So mm -hmm. it's just huge, and we know that God's bringing all of this together, and we know that justice is huge on the heart of God mm -hmm. because of what He is doing in our midst. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And um, so we're talking today a little bit about putting the weight of your heart on, on the weight of your life and the belief of your heart. Um, and maybe you could just share, it'd be really interesting for some of us to hear like how God has like birthed vision for you guys in OM and what it's looked like to kind of start with nothing and then see centers um, and people released from, from slavery and um, what it means like to hear God's voice and then see it come into, into reality. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I just want to say that, you know, when we saw people uh, like the Dalits being so exploited 
and uh, being discriminated against, uh, uh, you know, we, we were angered and we knew that God didn't like it. And uh, we firmly believe that when someone defaces a human being who is made in the image of God, then it is an attack against God himself. And that is why we began to expand our ministries and we started getting involved in, uh, in the upliftment of the poor and the needy. And uh, it says very clearly in Jeremiah 22, verse 16, it uh, talks about King Josiah and you know how um, he defended the cause of the poor and needy and all went well with him. And then later, the, uh, sen uh, the sentence that follows is very interesting. God then declares, is that not what it means to know me? Mm. So, you know, in OM, our motto is to know God and mm -hmm. to make him known. Mm -hmm. And in knowing God, we in OM knew that to know God is also to be involved in acts of mercy and to defend the poor and the oppressed. And we started out not having too much experience in that field, but it's just amazing the uh, uh, you know way in which God came through for us. I love that other stuff. Oh, there was <laughs> uh, where we said that God will come through for us, and so in every area, God did come through in terms of resources, people, money, and our strategies. You know we. We won't call ourselves the best, uh, like the experts, especially when we talk about human trafficking. It's a huge thing. And I was, you know, uh, trembling when they said that, you, you, you know, that I will be involved in this work. And, you know, to think of, you know, the whole uh, evil that's involved in it. But then when I, you know, started stepping out in faith, I knew God was with me. And that uh, when you step out in faith, he will do the miraculous for you. So it's just amazing all through our ministries in OM, the schools, the health work, the advocacy, the shelters that we've set up. Mm -hmm. God is in the midst of all of that. So cool, the way that he's given you that vision of actually, and it's a, I love it. You talk about the anger, actually, just a righteous anger that's come Absolutely. from God and has just yes. kind of kicked off everything yes. that's and, happened. And we know for a fact that... Uh, he is in the midst of this historic move to bring freedom to the Dalits at this point of time in our country. Mm -hmm. Well, it's amazing to have you here. We'd love to pray for you in a minute. I just wonder, we're also talking about um, heroes of the faith, and um, like, I think we probably think that you're all a bit of a hero, but we're not going to get you to talk about yourself, because that would be a bit weird. Um, but, maybe, you know, you live in India, we're thousands of miles away. Are there some people that you can just pick out for us um, who kind of just really inspire you um, and kind of just live this life in the way that you think that Jesus has called them to do? And can we maybe just hear a couple of stories of, of what God's doing through them? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I just want to share a few stories who, uh, of people whose lives have been changed, but yeah. I don't want to go through the whole stories, but I just want to say a couple of sentences of uh, young girls and women who uh, who I had the privilege of working with, which will clearly bring out their stories. Mm -hmm. okay, there was this young girl by name Deepti. When she first came out to our center, she said she was only 11 years old and displaying her marks of lashing all over her body, she turned to me and said, I was tortured again and again, and she broke down. 
And then this other lady called Lakshmi, who came to sign up in our vocational training school, said, I've been treated like rubbish all these years, and I'm not respected even by my husband and by my own family members. And then there is this lady called Balama, who said, I have only been used by men, and uh, I've slept with so many men, but nobody wants to marry me. Everybody embraces me, but nobody protects me. And she is Balama, who lives in a Jogani area, who was forced into temple prostitution by her own mother. And then came Rupa, who joined the vocational training center again, who was forced into prostitution by her parents because she was not able to bring enough money picking rags and garbage on the streets. And, you know, when you hear all of this, sometimes you think, where is the God of justice in all of this? But then I hear God turning back and saying, where are my people, you know, who will bring justice on my behalf to these young lives, to these young women? And today, because of the work that OM is involved in, because of the support that we've got from people like you, from people all over the world, we've been able to change lives. Today, Deepti has completed her 10th standard. She's going to do a science course, and she wants to become uh, a doctor in the future. Mm -hmm. And she is a confident young girl. Rupa, the girl who was a rag picker, is now a saleswoman in one of the biggest shops in Bangalore but on the same street that she once picked rags. Um, Balama, who's a jogani, is now an ex-jogani working on behalf of women like her. She's one of our community leaders speaking up for the women like her, taking, uh, speaking uh, for the women who um, are forced into ritualized uh, prostitution. She knows the law and that it's been outlawed. So she has been preventing people like her uh, to, you know, stopping people from uh, dedicating their daughters as joganis. And so, you know, it's, these stories go on and on and we see transformation happening, you know, and God coming through for these young lives. Have I missed out one? <laughs> yep. Um, so it's uh, Deepti and uh, Rupa who, you know, become a saleswoman and this uh, young Jogani whose life has also been transformed. And um, it's just amazing. I mean, I can go on and on of how lives have been changed. Mm. And we know that God has uh, his people in place to change the lives of women and uh, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, children and all those who are oppressed. And I just want to say that, you know, uh, God has his people uh, to bring justice and that is his plan. Mm -hmm. And that is plan A. And by the way, there is no plan B. So he is counting on each one of us to bring change to the people. Mm, awesome. We just... Yeah, we just... <laughs> Um, well, um, I wonder whether um, we could just do two things. I think it would be really cool if you could just pray for some of us as well, and particularly 
Um, I think maybe just as you were speaking, maybe some people here just really felt like a, a quickening in your heart, and you know that that's what God has you for in your life, is, is bringing justice to people who don't have justice. I wonder whether you just want to stand just now, um, and Jeeva's just going to pray. Um, and then after that, we'd love to pray for you. So just be bold. If, if that's really something that you think God has placed on your heart, on your life, then just stand. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you, God, this morning that you are in our midst and you are a God of justice. And we bow down and worship you, Lord, for all that you do in our midst, oh God. And uh, we just thank you that weak as we are, with all of our limitations, with all of our weaknesses, you still choose to use us, God. And Lord, even as we make steps, uh, take steps, God, forward, to be used of you, we pray, God, that you will use us for your glory yes. to bring justice, oh God, in, in our uh, nation, oh God. And God, I pray that you will use this church and all the people, God, especially those who are standing, God. I pray that you will speak, oh God, and that we will hear your voice, oh God, that we will see your heart, oh God, and that we will be able to go out boldly and bring transformation into in this world, God. Mm. We pray, Lord, that people around us will know that we are Christians by your love, oh God. Mm. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the privilege of knowing that we are created in your image, oh God. Whereas there are so many people outside, Lord, who don't even realize that they are created in your image, Master. And even as we know the truth, oh God, we pray that we will make this truth known so that we will be able to set many people free in the days to come. Mm -hmm. Lord, we pray that we'll continue to walk in your love and in your mercy, oh Lord. We commit everybody standing here into your loving hands, oh God. And we pray that you'll continue to lead us and guide us in Jesus' name we pray. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much. And we'd love to pray for you. We, we know you're going to be around tonight, and um, we know you're going to be around a little bit afterwards as well. But actually, this is amazing stuff that you're involved in, like hard stuff, but just incredible stuff. And we want to stand with you today. And we also know that you're right in the thick of it, and it's not that you come over here and it's all sorted and that you can just tell us the stories. But... Um, do you want to just come down and we'll just do the same? And actually, let's just actually flood this place with people and let's just pray for Jiva just as we send her out. So let's come up and um, just a few people can, can pray for her. Those of us in your seats, should we just stand um, if you can and maybe just stretch out a hand just as a symbol just of being for her? Lord, we, we just bless her in your name, in the name of Jesus. Um, we just ask for your blessing on her and her family and, and for everything that is going on in Hyderabad, for this incredible work um, of, of yours, God. It's your work. 
setting captives free, of releasing prisoners. Lord, we thank you for the freedom that there is in your name and the power that there is in your name. And we just pray that you'd fill them with power from on high. We pray that the the relationships they have with the the acting governments and authorities in that place would just be strengthened. We pray that they just have influence so that they can see people set free. And Lord, we pray for your word to go forth in power as well. We pray for people not just to be set free, but to come into the knowledge of you. We just pray for heavenly adoptions to take place, for sons and daughters to know that they are known by you. And God, we just pray that that this time that she spends with us um, as a church family will just be refreshing and inspiring. And we just thank you, God, for bringing her today with us. Um, Would you just fill us all with your spirit? Amen. Amen. Amazing. Thank you so much, Eva. Let's just give her another hand. Well, so I'm not sure how I kind of segue back into my talk from that, but uh, you have to bear with me. Um, Kirsty spoke to us last week when we were all dressed in our capes and our amazing costumes um, about heroes of the faith. Um, And Hebrews 11, what we've been reading from, is basically just like a a biblical hall of fame. Um, I don't know who's in your hall of fame. Um, For me, it's probably um, this guy. 2003, drop goal, last minute. Johnny Wilkinson, is it just me? Anybody else? Maybe it's... um, Maybe it's Jimi Hendrix, maybe it's Woodstock 1969, maybe that's your Hall of Fame. I don't know who it is for you, um, but the writer of Hebrews, he's gone through um, his whole Old Testament and he's picked out a few of the most significant characters in Israel's history, in Israel's story. So why did he decide to pick out the story of Noah? Maybe you think it's a really obvious one because actually that's all you heard about at Sunday school was this, this incredible man and maybe you heard about rainbows and doves and he was kind of like this Dr. Doolittle character in your mind and it was all amazing. But actually, it's a quite a dark story as we know as, as all of us here have, have begun to consider it as, as adults. And, and there's a lot that we don't understand about the story. But actually, Noah is singled out for his unswerving faith. Um, his unswerving faith in the midst of total chaos, total chaos and a culture that had completely lost the plot. He had the nerve to stick to God's way when everyone, and it looks like really everyone at his time, had chosen to run after their own idols, their own satisfaction above everything else. And the scriptures say, Genesis 6, verse 22, that Noah did everything just as God commanded him. It wasn't always attractive. Sometimes it was very, very hard. Um, But again, in chapter 7, verse 5, it says, Noah did all the Lord commanded. These weren't simple commands. These were hard things, and these were quite weird things as well that he was asked to do. God gave Noah plans, detailed plans, for an ark in the desert. So what has God shown you about the future? And I'm not just talking about that thing that he's got you for in 10 years' time, but also who is he calling you to be? Who is he developing you to become? 
What's your dream? What has God placed in your heart? And how are you preparing for it? Noah was 600 years old. <laughs> so granted, he probably didn't have that many deep fried Mars bars. Um, but actually, he wasn't a student. A lot of this stuff, it can just be all about, you know, the 18-year-olds. But actually, it's not. He was at the end of his life, and God gave him this incredible plan of rescue. And actually, you know, thank goodness it's not just the students. They'd never get anything done if it was just the students. Um, so two little things on why God picked out Noah for his um, hall of fame through the writer of Hebrews. The first thing is surrender. So I don't know loads about what Noah's original vocation would have been, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't shipbuilding. Because leaders in the kingdom surrender their plans to God. Leaders in the kingdom surrender their plans to God. Not my will, but yours be done, cried Jesus. Noah surrendered his reputation. He was clearly a man of repute. His family's future was on the line as well. They would have been totally disgraced with the way that he was behaving in this building of the ark. The writer of the Hebrews says that out of holy fear, he built an ark. So that leaves us with the question, what dictates our reality? Is it the fear of God? And I'm not talking about a running scared sort of fear, but actually knowing that God is the truest reality that we can ever have. Our relationship with him is truth. And actually, that's how Noah became this heir of righteousness, standing on God's promises and God's word. Whereas for us, it's so easy for our lives and our decisions and our dreams and our plans to be dictated by what the world would have us do. How much really do we want to go on an adventure with God? Do we want it really enough to step into an uncertain future? Do we want it really enough to properly say yes to his call? And what I love about speaking to you guys is I know that so many of us really do want that. We just desperately want that. Because that's what faith is. Faith isn't just believing that there is a God. Faith is believing that when we surrender our plans to him, that he actually has the best for us. He actually holds the keys to the kingdom life. He's going to lead us by quiet streams and sometimes hard places as well. And it takes surrender, doesn't it, to lay down that graduate job that we had and actually go after the startup thing that actually we feel like he's calling us to. But similarly, it might take it surrender to lay down that really exciting startup thing that we had planned and then go after the grad job because we feel like God is telling us that he wants us to be salt and light in that community. The point is, is, is what is God speaking? What is he God saying? Not just what's a good idea. Because building a ship in the middle of a desert is a terrible idea. It's a stupid thing to do. Don't do it unless God has told you to do that. And you know, we could go home and we could say, wow, wasn't it amazing to hear about Brian and Vicky? And wasn't it amazing to hear about Jeeva's story? And isn't Thomas handsome? And you know, um, maybe not that. But actually, don't do that today. You know, you do that, but also, <laughs> you know, I don't mean that. Um, <laughs> actually, also, ask yourself, what does God want to do with me? What is he placing on my life? What is he saying to me? Because actually the extent to how we can be used by God is just how much we're up for surrendering our plans to him. 
surrendering our lives to him. If we want to be leaders, we've got to learn how to surrender everything. If we want to see the world changed, we've got to learn how to surrender to him. We've got to learn how to listen to the voice of God and then surrender everything we thought we had as Jesus did so amazingly. And the prophetic voice of God has not died. God still speaks today. And and actually, all of you guys that that stood up, we'd love to pray for you. And we'd just love to pray for everybody here that they would know the voice of God today. Because in the hustle and the bustle of city life in Edinburgh, we can just become way, way better at hearing the voice of the city and the world ahead of hearing the voice of the one that speaks right into our hearts about the best plans that he, could best, that he could possibly have for us. And that's one of the reasons that we love to try um, and hear from God. And that's one of the reasons that we place so much emphasis on really listening to the voice of God so that he can completely blow us out of our comfort zone and tell us to move to Dunbar or to, to start something crazy in the other side of the world. Um, how good are we at making excellent plans for our lives? And especially in an academic, governmental city like, like Edinburgh, without ever really seeking the call of God. And I want to tell you a quick story. There was this guy called Hudson Taylor who, in the 25th of June, 1865, so those of you who are very good at maths have already worked out that that was almost exactly 150 years ago, um, he found it so hard to watch his congregation of hundreds um, down south rejoicing when he knew that there were people on the other side of the world who didn't know Jesus. And this is what he said. This is his story. Um, He said, I wandered out on the sands alone in great spiritual agony. And there the Lord conquered my unbelief and I surrendered myself to go for this service. I told him that all the responsibility as to issues and consequences must rest with him, that as his servant, it was mine to obey and follow him, and it was his to direct and guide me. And actually, the church in China is still standing in the heritage of people like Hudson Taylor, who, who said yes to God's call to go. So today, as we worship, as we pray shortly, don't harden your hearts to God's voice, because he's not finished with this world, and he wants to use us. Um, So the first thing is surrender. The second thing um, that we need to be like Noah if we want to be in this hall of fame is just a little bit crazy. We've got to be a little bit nuts. Um, Noah built an ark in the desert. Sometimes God is going to ask us to do crazy things in the economy of this world, whether that's financially, um, whether that's socially, whether that's geographically. And I'm not talking about just being odd for God for no reason and just kind of just being weird, because there's enough weird people like me in the world that we don't just need to do that for the sake of it. Actually, I'm talking about this slightly dirty word called obedience. Nobody really likes that word these days. It's a bit too kind of, oh, we don't really do obedience anymore. It's a bit too religious, Thomas. And maybe at times there's been things where it's been suggested to us that we're only accepted if we obey that we only kind of get to be in with God if we do what he tells us to do. And actually, that's not true. The message of the cross of Jesus is that we are accepted, that we are forgiven. And it's then that we answer his call to go. We only love because he has loved us first. And obedience 
um, so that God loves us, obedience so that he loves us, is, is a dead spirit of the law that Jesus dealt with on the cross. So we don't need to try and earn his love when we already have it. Noah did crazy things because he heard God's voice and because he knew God's love for him. So, a little quick quiz. Um, this is Edinburgh. You know, we're, we're a smart bunch of people here. Um, there are two landlocked countries. Uh, there are two double landlocked countries in the world. So a landlocked country is when you're not beside the sea. A double landlocked country is when you've got to go from one country to another country to get to the sea. Can anybody tell me what they are? Quick fire quiz. Switzerland is not correct. Burkina Faso is not correct. Burundi is not right. Rwanda is not right. The answers are... Come on, guys. You've got to do better than that next time. You do not get my email. <laughs> Uzbekistan and Liechtenstein. So there you go. Um, congratulations to nobody who got that. Um, <laughs> Noah built a massive boat in the middle of nowhere. It is like building a yacht in the middle of Uzbekistan. It doesn't happen. Nobody does it. It doesn't get much crazier than Noah. It doesn't get more, much more obedient than Noah because ultimately he wasn't actually crazy. His decision saved his family and his decision provided a second chance for the whole of humanity. Noah was governed by a different set of rules. Noah's reality was defined by God and not by the world. And that became the means of grace for the world. So maybe it's just time that some of us got a bit more reckless in being obedient, in telling people that he loves them when it's hard and we're embarrassed, in, in moving to that place that he's called us to go, in forgiving those that have hurt us. That's crazy obedience too. Noah was warned about things not yet seen, and, and there aren't necessarily the same things that we are, we're not worried about, that great flood anymore, but we can get excited about the kingdom coming and telling the world about Jesus. How are we responding to Noah? To Noah? How are we responding to God in crazy obedience? You can respond to Noah if you want. He's probably not going to do much. <laughs> and that's the question that I just want to land with today. It's just been so inspiring hearing from these other guys. Um, and actually, I, I, when we were worshipping, I really just feel that God's really present with us today. There is that verse. I don't, know, I don't know where it is. It says, do not harden your hearts to God's voice. Open yourselves up. Open your mind and your heart and, and everything you are to what God wants to do with you today. So, guys, do you want to come and lead worship um, for a little bit? Um, should we stand? Just going to pray. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Putting the weight of your life on the belief of your heart. And Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to meet together, to worship together, to share stories of what you're doing in our lives. Um, we just, I, I'm just really grateful that we can do this together. And, and maybe you want to just say thank you to God that we can do this. Not everybody in the world can do this.
And Lord, we want to hear and be inspired of other people's stories. But Lord, would you, would you use us? Would you just place in us that, that pit, um, in the pit of our stomach, just that complaint that you have against what's going on in the world, whether it's injustice? Would you give us a vision of what it looks like for us um, to see your kingdom come in our lives? And God, we thank you that your, your perfect love casts out all fear. And I pray that as we worship you now, um, that anything that the enemy might have in our hearts and our minds would just be driven back. Because actually, uh, we want our world and we want our lives to be defined by you. Um, maybe we can just say just now together that Jesus is Lord. Let's say that just now. Jesus is Lord. That you are our King, you are our Savior, you are the God of eternity. And actually, we look to you and we worship you with everything we've got. And God, where, where our eyes have been pointed in different directions, we want to focus them back on you just now, Lord. And we want to hear your voice. We want to hear you speak through your word. We want to hear you speak through your people. And we just pray for us as a church, Lord, would you give us courage to step out and be the people that you've called us to be? Will we know what's yours to carry and what's ours? And would you just give us your grace? the world around us. Amen.